Welcome to this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. I am Gary and Thorne, and you guys know the drill. We are breaking down everything you need to know for Tuesday, June the 8th, and the 15-game featured slate on DraftKings, which gets started at 7.05 p.m. Eastern Time. That's right, we go from a very tiny three-game slate on Monday to a massive 15-game slate on Tuesday. So we'll get into some pitchers and some stacks for that particular set of contests. But before we do that, let us talk about prize picks. If you guys head on over to prizepicks.com and use the promo code MMNMLB, your first deposit will be matched up to $100. And again, big slate like this, perfect time to start playing some MLB prize picks. And here are two in particular I think you should take a pretty serious look at. Both are overs uh, for Tuesday's slate. And we start with the White Sox and the Blue Jays. Robbie Ray pitching for the Toronto Blue Jays. Had a pretty nice season so far. Interesting season, I think would be a good way to sort of to sort of assess what Robbie Ray has done so far. Has he been much better than the Robbie Ray we've seen the last two seasons? 100%. He's looking as close to 2017 Robbie Ray as we have seen since the end of 2017. However, with the peppering of the strike zone that he now does, he's given up a lot of hard contact. He's leaving a lot of pitches middle-middle, and so far he is actually tied among qualified pitchers with an 11.8% barrels per batted ball event rate. So almost 12% of the batted ball events that Robbie Ray allows, one of every eight, is a barreled baseball. And that tracks considering he's giving up over two home runs per nine so far this season. So it's either a strikeout or a home run is kind of how it seems like Robbie Ray's script has gone in 2021 and he's going up against a White Sox team that essentially leads baseball in every single offensive category against left-handed pitching uh WRC plus WOBA OPS slugging percentage it's not even close for a lot of these the White Sox rake lefties like Robbie Ray so it's a little interesting to see that both of the White Sox available on prize picks for the fantasy point prop are below seven Tim Anderson is just at six and a half and Jose Abreu is at six, and I really like Jose Abreu to go over that number against Robbie Ray. So far this season, Abreu not exactly hitting as well as he did last season in his MVP uh, winning campaign, but against lefties, he's been perfectly fine. 168 WRC+, plus, a 368 isolated power against lefties so far this season. So Jose Abreu over six fantasy points against the lefty. And I like Trey Mancini for some similar reasons going up against David Peterson, who is actually tied with Robbie Ray for third in baseball, giving up 11.8% of a barrel rate on his batted ball events so far this season. So both these guys tend to get smoked when they're not striking out batters. And Peterson has been especially bad in his last five starts where his ERA is up over seven. And also, Sneaky, the Orioles are, aside from the White Sox, the best team in the American League at hitting left-handed pitching. They have a 123 WRC plus entering play on Monday as a team. And Trey Mancini is the guy 
in that lineup. Uh, against lefties, he's got a one, excuse me, a 319 isolated power and a 179 WRC+. He's been on absolute fire as of late, so I like Mancini to go over seven fantasy points against Peterson. And again, Jose Abreu over six fantasy points against Robbie Ray on prize picks on Tuesday. Okay, let's get into the meat. Let's get into that giant 15-game featured slate on DraftKings. We're not going to be able to cover every single aspect of it, but I did want to focus on the top end of the pitching slate because I do think there's a lot of interesting names in the $8,000 to $10,000 tier. Um, Shane Bieber is the most expensive pitcher on Tuesday's slate. He is $10,300, which actually is relatively cheap for Shane Bieber. However, I think Tyler Glasnow, who is the second most expensive pitcher on the slate at $10,000, I think he has the superior matchup, and I think he's the better play, not only because he's slightly cheaper, but again, because of that matchup. And just Glasnow's Glasnow. I mean, the last start, last time we saw Glasnow, wasn't amazing against the Yankees, but really just had one bad inning. Uh, walked in a run, a run scored on a wild pitch. Still went seven innings, only gave up three earned runs, finished with 22.2 fantasy points in a game where he did not get the win, but he probably should have. For the season, 2.75 expected ERA across 12 starts. He's got a 35.6% strikeout rate. Also, this season when pitching in Tampa, he has a 1.72 ERA, and he's holding opponents to a 206 Woba at the Trop. Pretty good. And the Nationals have been pretty bad, at least the last two weeks. Uh, across the last 14 days, the Nationals have a 67 WRC+. Plus. That is the worst mark in the National League. So you've got a team that has always hit better this season against left-handed pitching going up against one of the best right-handed pitchers in baseball at home where he's thrived all season long and they haven't been hitting a lick the last two weeks. So I think Glasnow will be popular, rightfully so, because this is a very, very good spot for him. And still, $10,000 for Glasnow, with his strikeout capabilities, um, this is obviously a reflection of how big this slate is, but if this were an eight-game slate and Shane Bieber wasn't here, he'd probably be 11 k So 10 k really isn't that much. Uh, when it really comes down to it for someone of Tyler Glasnow's skill set. A couple guys a little bit cheaper than Tyler Glasnow, who I do like. Let's talk about Chris Bassett again. This is becoming the Chris Bassett podcast. I understand that, uh, but he is 8,800, so a slight dip after a not-so-great start against the Mariners. Went four innings, gave up four earned runs. Did strike out six in that game, and I think that's important because that's the Chris Bassett trait. I don't want to say that's the most important trait, but that's really been the difference between a very good pitcher in 2019 and 2020 and an elite fantasy pitcher, the elite fantasy pitcher that we've seen so far in 2021, is that strikeout rate. Going back to April 18th, he's got a 2.38 FIP and a 30% strikeout rate. And again, that is so massive for Bassett, who is generally hovering around like the 20 to 25% range throughout his career. So this has been what's made him go up another level so far in 2021. And it's an important trait to really focus on against the Diamondbacks. We've got an interleague game here between the Athletics and the Diamondbacks. That same two-week sample I was talking about with the Nationals, the Diamondbacks have the highest 
called strike plus swinging strike rate in baseball at 30.5%. They also have a top six strikeout rate, as you would expect. Those two things are pretty correlated over a, over that same span of time. So Bassett should have little issue racking up the strikeouts against the Diamondbacks. They've been scuffling as a team as of late, and much like the Nationals, the Diamondbacks have been much better this season against left-handed pitching. They have struggled immensely with righties like Bassett. So I think Bassett's in line for a bounce back at 8,800. Also want to talk about the guy right below Bassett at 8,700, Pablo Lopez, who has been unhittable in Miami so far this season. At home, Lopez has a .98 ERA and a 26.6% strikeout rate. Those are great numbers. Do we worry that Lopez hasn't been someone who's thrown 100 pitches so far this season? Yeah, it's not ideal for someone you're paying almost $9,000 for. However, he's worked into the seventh inning recently. Uh, his last start against Toronto, which one of the better offenses in all of baseball, away, which was a big step for him because he had not pitched well away from Miami so far this season. It wasn't ideal. Uh, he only went four innings, but he did strike out nine guys in those four innings, which I think showcases his elite strikeout ability and his, I don't want to say infinite upside, but really, really high upside. Uh, so Lopez pitching really well in Miami, as I mentioned, and also the fact that this game in Miami is important for two reasons. One, Lopez pitches well in Miami. Two, the Rockies are not playing in Colorado. They're playing in Miami. And we know the Rockies on the road so far this season. We don't really have to get into the numbers too, too much, but 57 WRC+. Plus, 0.092 isolated power in a 27% strikeout rate as a team on the road. The Rockies on the road are by far the worst offense in baseball. No one is even close. So this is a great matchup for Pablo Lopez in a setting that he enjoys, and he's coming off striking out nine guys in four innings. I think he's got a lot of potential on Tuesday's slate. Quick shout out to Andrew Heaney. I know he's been up and down all season. He is going up against the Royals. I think that's a pretty good spot for Heaney. He's $7,100. Do I trust him as much as the last three guys we've talked about? No, but if you're looking for someone in that $7,000 tier, uh, I think Heaney is viable. And maybe you go back to Matthew Boyd. It's been a rough four starts for Matthew Boyd, but he is going up against Seattle. They have tended to strike out a lot so far this season. So that kind of wraps up the pitching section. Before we head over to some best bets, let's talk about a stack that I really like. And I've already kind of tipped my hand on this one. Let's talk about the Orioles. Not something we've done a lot so far this season. Took till June 8th. That's on me. Um, they hit lefties, like I talked about. 123 WRC+, plus. that is the third highest mark in all of baseball. They're going up against David Peterson, who, as mentioned, last five starts, 7.20 ERA, giving up a 377 Woba to opposing batters, 1.8 home runs per nine in that same span. For the season to righties, Peterson is giving up 2.1 home runs per nine, and the barrel per batted ball event rate is the third highest in all of baseball. So this isn't just a lefty that the Orioles are drawing. This is a bad lefty that the Orioles are drawing. And look at some of these numbers. I mean, we went over Mancini. He's the expensive guy. He's $5,400. Uh, the 179 WRC plus against left-handed pitching. After that, it's just value after value. Unfortunately, Austin Hayes is on the IL because he's also crushed left-handed pitching so far this season. But Ryan Mountcastle, who has really seen his bat come around the last two weeks, 
He's $3,600. You can play him with Mancini because Mountcastle has outfield eligibility, so that's huge. He's got a 158 WRC plus this season uh, within the split against Southpaws. Freddie Galvis? Freddie Galvis has a 155 WRC plus as a right-handed hitter so far this season. He has been hitting fifth, sometimes third in the Orioles lineup. I don't know. I mean, premium lineup spot for a guy who's hit really well within the split so far this season. He's also just $3,600. And Anthony Santander is $3,300. He has a 150 WRC plus, another switch hitter. Uh, so someone who could also be useful against uh, the Mets bullpen a little bit later on if they happen to bring in a right-handed pitcher. Uh, but he has been great as a righty so far this season. So, again, you can basically stack the entire top half of this lineup. Even if you want to throw Cedric Mullins in, his numbers as a lefty are perfectly fine against left-handed pitching so far this season. He's only 4K. So Mancini's really the only guy you have to bite the bullet on and pay big money. Everyone else is a value, and you could stack 1 through 4, maybe even 1 through 5 if you wanted to, depending on really how you want to spread out the stacks in your lineups. But I think all five of those guys, including Mullins, uh, are great plays on Tuesday. All right, I promised some best bets. Kind of just going to be regurgitating some information here because I feel pretty strongly about a couple trends uh, on this particular slate. But let's talk about the Mets and the Orioles one last time. Uh, on the DraftKings Sportsbook, the total for this game is 9. If you want to take the over on that, which I would highly recommend you do because Bruce Zimmerman and his 6.25 expected ERA is pitching for the Orioles. I know the Mets' offense is not great, but... Uh, Bruce Zimmerman's going to give up a couple runs to whoever he's facing. Um, if you want to take the over on that, it is minus 120. Uh, the over has hit the last six times the Orioles have faced a left-handed pitcher. So again, this all comes full circle to the fact the Orioles can hit lefties, and probably not enough people are talking about it. Uh, the other bet I like, reference this a little bit earlier with Robbie Ray and Chicago's ability to hit left-handed pitchers. But I like the White Sox money line at home against the Blue Jays. Uh, they've got Carlos Rodon pitching for them. And while the Jays are pretty good against lefties, uh, they've actually lost their last four games against a left-handed starter. Chicago, on the other hand, is 8-3 and three in their last 11 games overall. And they are 12-3 and three their last 15 home games against a left-handed pitcher. Ray has had some struggles. This is a lineup that absolutely crushes left-handed pitching. I think the White Sox get it done at a number that is relatively short for a team as good as they are. And that's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. I am Gary and Thorne, and I will catch you guys next time.